Uh, hello, this is Kieran Carroll, uh, the playwright from Edith Vale, and you're on Radio Carum, a great station that gives many, many voices a chance across the city of Kingston. Go Radio Carum. Estimate the power of the dark side. If you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny. Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf. And Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Yes, it is Girls on Film. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, Carenza. How are you going? It's been a while. It has been a while, Kim. How are you? I'm really good, and we've got a couple of good movies uh, to look at today, and you've got a, a couple of series, I believe. That's right. I've been checking out, well, I've been so excited, because I'm going to check out The Crown. Season 5 has just landed over on Netflix. I've binged all 10 episodes, and I've got some things to tell you about The Crown. And I've also been checking out as well, also on Netflix, The True Story, The Watcher, and it's very, very creepy, can I tell you? Mm, I've about seen you, both Kim? of those as well. Um, I'm, I'm checking out two movies that are currently on Prime. Now, I love Prime, Corinne. So before we get into um, the movies, Prime is fantastic at this time of year, being Christmas or near Christmas. We've only got a month to go now. And with Prime, you, which is only $6.99 a month, um, I should get royalty, shouldn't I? You actually uh, also get free shipping with all your Amazon um purchases oh so you're so doing all your christmas shopping online this i year. am indeed <laughs> i am in for that cheap i mean you know normally pay nine dollars at least uh, a parcel Here so a bargain very good spotter. but look i'm i'm checking out uncharted and also being only a month away from christmas i'm also looking at my first christmas movie of the season the christmas train fantastic well for all of our listeners today you can text us on 0493 831 to tell us what you think about these shows. But why don't we kick off with um, one of your movies, Kim? Yeah, let's start with Uncharted uh, and then we'll finish on the Christmas movie or finish mine anyway. So uh, let's hear the trailer if we can, please, Carenza. There are places out there you can't find on any map. They're not gone. They're just lost. Hey, kid. A little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? This is the path that Ferdinand Magellan took to sail around the world. You know your history. It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. 
I think you're here because you're your brother. Wait, you know my brother, Sam? But now I smell the rain. I really and it's my way. If we find that gold, we find him too. Who the hell is this? I'm a friend of Solly's. Sally doesn't have any friends. I should know I'm one of them. You are a collector. Well, I dabble. I don't dabble. My family has been looking for this fortune for a very long time. So much blood. Well, I'm pretty sure he just threatened to kill me. But don't touch your ear like that. You look like an idiot. You have no idea who you partnered with. I've been dreaming about this stuff since I was a kid. My brother Sam left one final clue. What? Exclusively in movie theaters. Yeah, well, it was in movie theaters, and I missed it, unfortunately. How did you miss it, Kimmy? Well, I've just been so busy. So it was uh, released in 2022. So uh, after missing it, I decided uh, as soon as it came onto Prime, I got on board. Now, uh, it is a recent American film. It's an adventure film based on uh, video game kind of genre movies. And um, it's directed by Ruben Fleischer. Um, Yeah, basically, and it's developed... Um, with uh, Sony. Um, It stars Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg and it's got a great supporting cast also with Sophia Ali and Taddy Gabrielle. And not to mention, as you said in uh, Offset before, it was uh, also starring Antonio Banderas. That's right, yeah. His voice is so familiar. I can only ever think of him though as Puss in Boots in um, the Shrek Shrek movies. Now, this film was delayed, wasn't it, Kim? Um, Because of the COVID pandemic. I believe so. It delayed its release. So um, it was originally due to come out in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, how many films were delayed? I mean, there's still some ready to come out now that have been, you know, put off and put off due to COVID. I mean, the world's changed a lot, hasn't it? It has indeed. Yeah, so look, um, Tom Holland, as we know as, as young Spider-Man, uh, stars as Nathan Drake, a street smart young man who's, uh, um, I guess his brother's gone missing years before and uh, Mark Wahlberg appears and he's played, uh, he plays Sully, who had a uh, originally gone off to seek treasure with the, the with Tom's brother, so um, or Nathan's brother, I should say. So what happens then is that uh, he Sully comes along, recruits recruits young Nathan, and uh, they go off uh, to try and find a five hundred year old treasure. Now it reminds me a bit of the kind of Indiana Jones style um, films, Kimmy. You know, it's with a like a bit like that. You know, there's the treasure maps. They're seeking the treasure. They're all the things that happen to thwart you. I guess from finding it. I was expecting to see Terry's chocolate orange rolling down the hill um, to crush them, but they've modernised, haven't they? It's it's a it's a quite a thrilling 
film with some of the scenes in the film. Yeah, I didn't think so. What, I, fall, falling out of a pl- an aeroplane isn't yeah, thrilling? No, look, it is thrilling. And look, you're talking to someone who loves Indiana Jones and uh, Steven Spielberg is one of my favourite directors and this certainly uh, isn't up to scratch if you're going to compare those two. But it felt like the same kind of genre? Yeah, look, it is. Uh, it is very much the same kind of genre, but it is uh, it, it lacks a lot of depth. It really does. Um, Antonio Banderas does you know pick up a lot of the slack as does Mark uh, Wahlberg and Tom Holland but it, it just it just doesn't it didn't grip me throughout the film and my son also saw it at the movies with his a group of mates and and uh, they felt very very similar it didn't really grab them either so um, look you know it was okay and it was a a, a good movie to sit and, and watch um, but it's not one of my favorites I must say which is okay because normally I give everything a four. You normally give everything five, like it. So yes. Today I'm not. What are you going to give this one today, Kim? I'm going to only give this one a two and a half out of five because it just didn't do it for me. Okay. Well, there you go. So you can actually go and catch this film over on Amazon Prime, you said. Yeah, yeah. Look, and for the soundtrack, the soundtrack was great. Uh, they had a couple of good Led Zeppelin songs and, um, and it, you know, it, it was a really good soundtrack. But I chose to go kind of offside a little bit because uh, Mark Wahlberg was in this and we all know Mark Wahlberg not only as the actor but as the, the singer Marky Mark. And uh, I'm not sure whether you remember this song but uh, Good Vibrations I think was one of his biggest hits. Well, you are listening to Girls on Film here over at Radio Carom. Let's check out Good Vibrations, Marky Mark and the Funky, what were they called? The Funky... Funky Boys or something like that. I just thought it was Marky Mark, but let's go with that. I think it's the Funky Bunch. Hi, I'm Freddie from Freddie's Kitchen. Let's get behind Radio Carom. Go Carom. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. It's a mystic pizza indeed. And Kim, um, my son just um, came back from lunch actually at um, Freddy's and said that he enjoyed the chicken burger today. Yeah, him and his mates went down, didn't yeah, they? they did, and they, they all did. got burgers. So yeah, not just the pizzas and the pasta, but they do a really good burger as well. And a coffee too. So yeah, get behind our sponsors, Freddy Kitchen. Freddy's Kitchen there, Dan, in Station Street in Caram. And you are listening to Radio Caram, the girls on film, with Kim and Carenza. Now you can SMS us today on O. 493-213-831. Kim, we've got some SMSs as well from the first movie as well. People kind of agreeing with you. Someone just, I can't actually read this one. Um, um, but suffice to say, the person didn't think it was a very good film either. No, that's correct. That's correct. And we also got another text in from Jackie, who's a regular uh, listener. And uh, usually uh, on most Sundays, she does text in and just to tell us that she's listening and that she's loving the show. <laughs> good on her. Well, I am excited because season five kim of the crown has landed i've binged my way through it um, and i'm going to play us the trailer uh, and then let's get down to rating it so over on netflix this is the hotly anticipated trailer for season five 
in light of the events of the last 12 months. Perhaps I have more to reflect on than most. The royal family is in genuine crisis. Have royal scandals damaged the country's reputation? The House of Windsor should be binding the nation together, setting an example of idealized family life. It's a situation that cannot help but affect the stability of the country. For years, I've called for a more modern monarchy that reflects the world outside. I don't think it's my behavior that's threatening its survival. You, as future king, have a duty. People will never understand how it's really been for me. I never stood a chance. She's at breaking point because of the way she feels she's been treated. They see her as a threat. Remember the one condition, the one rule. You remain loyal to this family. You mean silent? Yes, it's a system, for better or for worse. We're all stuck in it. It feels it's all about to erupt. She opens her mouth and hand grenades come out. She wants to tear down the temple. Let's go for it. What the hell is she doing? I won't go quietly. I'll battle till the end. Her glories belong to the past. And the world will move on. And we'll be left with nothing. How did it come to this? Well, there you go, Kim, the trailer there for season five of The Crown. And like everybody else, I was so excited waiting for this show to land on Netflix. And I've absolutely binged my way through the fifth season, which follows the life and the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, And it was released, as I said, earlier this month in November. And it's the first season of the series that's been released following the death, obviously, of Prince uh, Philip and then the death of the Queen as well. Mm. Um, And it caused a bit of a stir even before it landed, actually, with none other than Dame Judi Dench coming out and saying, I think people were very worried about how it might portray the royals in particular in the death of um, Elizabeth. And so Netflix, for the very first time on that trailer, actually put a disclaimer at the start to say that this is, uh, you know, a work of fiction. It's their dramatisation of what they think the events might have been like. But let's have a look. Imelda Staunton stars as as Queen Elizabeth awesome i think she's utterly utterly brilliant um jonathan price um is in it too now he plays he plays philip he does indeed sorry and um look, my favorite um elizabeth de becky oh she's a great australian actress isn't she she, she is. is a superstar she really is and dominic west obviously plays as well. charles charles yeah. and diana he's from um what was the vampire movie we uh, true blood Oh, yeah, there you go. He was in True Blood. Well, what I love about The Crown is every two 
two se- two seasons, the cast completely changes because we jump forwards in time. So we started season one with Claire Foy, obviously mm-hmm. as the Queen. Season two um, ended up as uh, Olivia Coleman. Sorry, seasons three and four, Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman, and yep. now of course Imelda Staunton. So she's got big shoes to fill because both she Claire Foy has. and Olivia Coleman obviously went on and won um, Emmy awards they for did. their performances. She really looks like her, though. I think you know she she really epitomises the the older. Uh, Queen yes. Elizabeth, and and she does a tremendous job. Well, season five really focuses on that period from 1991 to 1997. So mm. unlike the earlier seasons, right? You know, I wasn't really alive for quite a lot of those. So like they were like, oh, did that happen? Did that really happen? Mm. Oh, I vaguely remember something about this. But these, I this, think most we of lived us through know, all of this, did, didn't we? The you know, the Charles and Diana's marriage, That's and then right. you know the yeah the rise and fall of, of the royal and yeah and the royal family. I Absolutely. mean, they went through a very turbulent time especially the queen i mean she was ostracized during this time absolutely and of course you heard in the trailer there you know her rendition of her annus horribilis the very difficult year where um three of her four children divorced and her home burnt down and that would be a pretty crappy year i think for anybody wouldn't it oh it was it was dreadful there was a there was a lot more that did happen to her during that time too but they were the main ones and not, it, was, it was just a terrible year yeah so um look i think the acting is utterly brilliant actually oh. if, if you've never watched the crown what are you doing go to netflix get it for free for your th- 30-day trial or whatever yeah. and start from season yeah. one because as I said Claire Foy is magnificent oh. as the Queen and actually everybody the whole look Toby Menzies you know played the young Prince Philip um, we've had even in this series uh, Johnny Lee Miller who played John Major and he played it he he really looked like him and for those of you who don't know who Johnny Lee Miller is he was the first husband of Angelina Jolie there just for go. a little bit of trivia but um, look just um, unbelievable Natasha McElhone I, I think that's how I pronounce it. She's in it too, and she's stunning as one of Prince Philip's, um, her, her uh, his godson's wife, that's right. who she he befriends um, with regards to their carriage riding. And I didn't he bequeath the uh, his um, carriages I all think to he her did. Yeah, yeah, in, in he his did. will. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was it was really really. Um, oh look, I just can't get enough of this. And when the ten episodes finished, I just sat there thinking, I want more. Do you know though, Carenza? Can no. I just yes. butt in a little bit more? Season six is in the making. They started filming season six in September of this year, but they had to stop because of the death of Queen Elizabeth. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. But, you know, I guess there are some scandals that have plagued this fifth season. So, look, I've watched, you know, seasons one, two, three, and four, outstanding. And I've really enjoyed season five i think um as you said elizabeth debecky the australian actress steals the show her her performance as diana it's almost like you're watching diana it's absolutely and utterly utterly magnificent i thought she was wonderful oh sometimes i just had to blink and think is that really her yeah, and you know what else was really amazing? Listening to the story between about Muhammad Al Fayed and Dodi, like going back in time and actually seeing that story, unfold. it was incredible. From Egypt, from the time that he he, bo- he was brought up as a really poor boy, and uh, and he made his billions um, all by himself. Well, as I said, you know the fourth, uh, the fifth season actually has had some scandals and controversy. Um, notably, as I said, Judy Dench penned the open letter mm. to the Times where yeah. she called 
called the series crude sensationalism and called for the um, disclaimer to be added, which Netflix actually did go and do mm-hmm. uh, on the trailer, uh, calling it a fictional dramatization. Um, but then once the episode to come out, there's been no disclaimer. Now, um, you were just talking about um, uh, the actor that played uh, John Major. Mm, he was brilliant. Yeah, well, the original John Major, the actual Prime Minister, yeah. um, he's issued a statement where there's a, there's a whole scene where John Major talks about in 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 this version talks about the possibility of the Queen abdicating and he's talking with Charles now John Major's issued a statement labelling the scene as a barrel load of malicious nonsense and confirmed he had never had ever discussed the series with Netflix but as they say this is just a fictional dramatisation of what they feel might have happened Mm. in that time and in that era look I'm going to give it four stars Um, it's very good Maybe not quite as brilliant as seasons one, two, three, and four, but then it was also a really difficult, I think, story to tell. And we've seen lots of stories of Charles and Di mm. and the different things that happen. And, and this takes it right up to just before her death. So um, for me, it's a four stars, Kim. What about you? Well, Carenza, I uh, I agree with you in the fact that it, it you know one two three four were were brilliant and probably probably a little bit better. But if I could have given them a six, I would have given them a six. So I'm still going to stick with five. Oh, for you're the doing crown. one of your five stars. It is a five star for me. I can't get any lower. It's just fantastic. It's um it's just one of my favourite all time series. And and I as I said, I can't get enough of it. Season six is on its way. Probably won't be released until November next year. Although the trailer but will be out. Counting down the hours. The trailer will be out in May, June. Okay. One little bit of information before we go. Do you know this was one of the uh, most expensive series ever made? It was um, $5 million an episode it cost to make these uh, these series. Season five? Yeah. Well, no, from the start, from season one. Wow. So, uh, yeah, very, very expensive series indeed. Utterly magnificent, compelling television um, over on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, start from season one. And if you haven't got to season five yet, what are you doing? Um, but we heard in the trailer there, uh, Kimmy, a beautiful version of Bittersweet Symphony. Mm, usually sung by the Verve, but not on this occasion. Well, let's have a listen. Uh, you are listening to The Girls on Film here at Radio Caram. Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall, and it's great to be here at Radio Caram. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Welcome back to Radio Karim and Girls on Film and Atticus Health. They're one of our fantastic, again, local sponsors providing really important health services in the local community. 
Absolutely, Carenza. It's always good and uh, to look after your health. So uh, if you do need uh, to um, get a consultation, go down and look them up. Do you know, Kimmy, it's the 27th of November and that can mean only one thing. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. And you've been watching our first Christmas movie that we're going to rate. I have. I usually watch quite a few Christmas movies in December. And although it's not quite December yet, we are on the countdown. It is less than a month away. Ho, ho, ho. I know. I know. Um, So I've I've, uh, ventured out and saw one. Um, Well, I I actually saw it in my living room. Um, (laughs) Ventured out. Way downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's a really good movie, and it's actually got quite a good cast, which is quite unusual for for a Christmas movie. Christmas movies tend to be fairly B grade, uh, but you you can get a good one here and there. This one stars um, Dermot Mulroney, Danny Glover, and Joan Cusack, and it's called The Christmas Train. But let's listen to the um, to the uh, trailer. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to that. From Hallmark Hall of Fame. I hear you're writing a story about the Christmas train. Based on the best-selling novel by David Baldacci. I fix movies. I don't think I'm ready to write one myself. It's time you put your name on something. They were passengers headed to their Christmas destination. You're right next to me. So you're just riding the train? That a problem? But they had no idea where this journey would take them. Once you know each other, it was a lifetime ago. (laughs) He's the one that broke your heart. No secrets on a train, especially the Christmas train. Dermot Mulroney. You just walked out on me. Kimberly Williams Paisley. Is that how you remember it? Joan Cusack. It'll all come out on the train. And Danny Glover. Guilty as charged. What if it's not a coincidence that we're both here? Perhaps you should tell her that. I tried. Train. Harder. Do you believe in second chances? Hallmark Hall of Fame's presentation of The Christmas Train. Oh, there you go, Kimmy. There's your trailer. My goodness, it's got Joan Cusack in it. Yeah, you love Joan Cusack, don't you? I do you? love Joan Cusack. Yeah, look, I love Dermot Mulroney. I've loved him ever since he um, he starred in My Best Friend's Wedding. Remember that that's one right, with alongside um, yeah, Julia Roberts that's as well, right. where she goes to sabotage the wedding. That's correct. He played the groom of that of that film. Now, he decides to travel across America. I don't know whether it was east to west or west to east, but it's the Christmas train and it's a four-day journey. Now, he's in a relationship, a long-distance one, albeit, with uh, a, a kind of a... Uh, a wannabe actress who uh, is a pain in the neck, to be honest, and so hence that's why he's not living with her. So he decides to, rather than just jump on a plane and get to her quite quickly, he's going to take a four-day adventure, which he's not quite very happy about. So he gets on, and on the journey, which is it's kind of, you know when trains, Christmas trains, they always have kind of something magical about them. And a lot I don't know, I've never been on a Christmas train, no, Kim. but you know, there's, there was that Even to me like Tom catching Hanks. the train at Christmas. Yeah, that's right. What was the the Express, the Christmas Express or whatever it was with Tom Hanks? It's a great film. But this one, uh, ha, you know, had had a whole variety of, of um, fellow travellers, including uh, Max, who was played by Danny Glover, and he was a um, a movie producer director. So, and along with him was his uh, scriptwriter and protege, I guess, called Eleanor. Now, Eleanor, um, and um, and what's his name, Dermot Mulroney's character, actually run into each other on the train, and they're ex-lovers. They've been together ah. six years, and they are the love of each other's life. Both being 
previous war correspondence um, and you know due to due to the heavy demands of that career and whatever uh, they broke up and and it was a pretty bitter breakup too I believe um, so you know it's Christmas time so everything's obviously going to get better and everyone's going to end up happy which they do um, <laughs> they fall back in love which I so don't it's think a bit cheesy yeah they fall back in love I, I mean I don't think they're ever out of love but you know along the way the the, the current girlfriend jumps on the train she flies into um, um, you know, surprise him much to his horror because he's already, you know, uh, you know, working on getting back together with oh. the other one. So then he's honest. He tells her that, you know, I probably shouldn't go into this, but there's a thousand Christmas movies out there and the, the chances of you probably uh, watching this one are pr- fairly low. Um, but he, um, along the way, he also meets uh, a young couple who are running, uh, jumping on the train to elope from their rich, uh, one of their rich parents, a fortune teller, a bartender. Um, Sounds like a busy train. It is, and it all Christmas. Yeah, and so Christmas stories a bit like love. Actually, is it different stories that all seem to join up on the train? It's or kind is of it? like that. Yes, it is very, very similar in that regard, but nowhere near as good because you know that's my favourite movie of all time. I mean, well, it can't on. be Christmas without watching Love. No, actually, no, it's the only movie I can watch over and over and over again but look it's it was a light-hearted christmas movie you know and and i and i really did enjoy it i watched it you know with the kids and 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 i actually watched it with a with a friend uh who is also into uh christmas movies so um look i'm going to give this one a two and a half carenza it was a good film not a great one nothing like love actually what's your favorite christmas movie of all time not including love actually then kim his favourite Christmas movie of all time. Um, and it may not even be a movie with a Christmas theme, but a movie that was always on at Christmas or... Die Hard. <laughs> okay. Die Hard with Danny Glover, who was, in the previ- in, was also in this film, uh, obviously. Does so that have a Christmas theme? It or? does have a Christmas theme. Uh, it's, it's kind of a terrorist um, <laughs> kind of movie, but um, it, it, it actually is listed as a Christmas movie. And uh, look, you know, Die Hard was, was a great franchise. I think they did one, two and three, didn't they? There may, may have even been a fourth, I can't remember, but one was certainly a very good film back movies, in the day. movies do make Christmas magical. I mean, for me... As a child growing up in the UK, it wasn't Christmas until you'd actually watch The Sound of Music because the BBC would put The Sound of Music on every single Christmas, usually Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and we'd have to sit down and watch it. And then it just became a tradition, you know, to yeah. hear the Von Trapp family singers. Yeah. Um, and again, I guess that sense of snow and the hills and mm. Vienna made everything feel very Christmassy. And it, yeah, it wasn't Christmas, that tradition, until you'd seen the movie. So I'm a fan of Christmas movies like you. I think they set the scene. I love um, Christmas with the Cranks as well. That's as Crank- a very good great film one. too in in my household growing up christmas was never christmas without on new year's eve my father would always um recite, yeah on, what did i say new year's eve. oh sorry christmas eve recite the poem uh twas the night before christmas the original which um was was just so magical when you're a little kid it, it is great. indeed yeah. well let's have some music what have you chosen then from well, your christmas uh I've chosen Michael Bublé's Winter Wonderland because, um, you know, every Christmas it's booming in my car, his uh, Christmas <laughs> album, and, uh, and I just love Michael Bublé, so let's go with that one. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is an Uber To sing a love 
outside while we stroll along, walking in a winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman. We'll pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say I am married. We'll say no man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on we'll conspire. As we dream by the fire To face unafraid Plans that we made Walking in the winter wonderland Parson Brown will say I already will say no man But you can do the job when you're in town Later on we'll conspire as we dream by the fire The face on afraid the plans that we made Walking in a winter wonderland Walking in a winter wonderland Walking in a winter wonderland Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in oi. and enjoy. Oi, 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 oi. IGA oi. is shopping oi. nights. Oi. IGA, oi. where the price oi. is right. Oi. Seaford North oi. IGA, oi. for your groceries oi. and liquor. Oi. IGA oi. Express, oi. there's oi. nothing quicker. Welcome back, and you are listening to Girls on Film here on Radio Karen. Yeah, and while on the break, uh, I got a few, quite a few texts. Uh, quite a few people actually um, agreed with me on Die Hard, which You're was kidding me. quite unexpected. They said that that was also their favourite Christmas movie. But among others, we also had The Office Christmas Party starring Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston. Um, someone um, texted in last Christmas. Now, I think that was the one with Amelia oh, Clark. Oh, that was, yes, that's right, Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, and wasn't that based on all the Christmas songs, by all, all the songs written by Wham and and George Michael? I think Andrew Bridgley was also in that. I yeah, don't know. go back and have a look. But we had Bad Mums, which I didn't think was a Christmas movie, but apparently it, I is. think it actually might be with Christian Bell and I think Susan Sarandon and Mila Kunis were also in that. And one that I forgot. Yes. Home Alone. Home Alone, of course, the Christmas movie of the year, I'm With certain. With Macaulay Culkin. It probably is one of the Christmas movies of the century. You know what I think we should do, Kim, in the lead-up to Christmas throughout December? We have to pick a Christmas-themed show every single week All to right, review. done. It's on. Okay, well, let's, uh, the final show we're going to talk about is um, The Watcher mm. over on Netflix. It's a bit of a scary, spooky. It is. Um, spook extravaganza. Let's have a listen to uh, the trailer for this one. 
Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard. Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Do you know the history of the house? I've been put in charge of watching you. This message will not be the last. I am the Watcher. Your house is my obsession. And now you are too. Can you keep us safe? We moved out here because we wanted to feel safe. And the opposite's happening. Never felt more unsafe in my life. I don't think you're in danger. This is just a prank. It's not a prank. You need to sell, 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 sell. Do. Watching, and I would be very afraid if I were you. Every time I go over it in my head, I land on somebody else. We could have been friends. I got my eye on you. If you care about your family, you are going to get out of that house. Is that what we should be telling our kids? That if somebody terrorizes us, we just run? Kimmy, there you have it, the trailer for The Watcher. Now, can I say, this is a pretty scary show, and it's scary because it's actually based on a true story, which um, made this pretty frightening, I think, actually to watch. And it's a story of a family that moves into their dream home, only to be plagued by ominous letters, strange neighbours, and very um, sinister threats. Um, but it is, as I said, it's a it is a true story, um, and it comes well pretty much you know out of out of your kind of worst dreams, I think. So a family who has just moved into their suburban dream home begins receiving some anonymous letters, Kim's, from a malicious voyeur mm. called the Watcher, and the, yeah. the person signs the letter, the it's Watchers. Quite spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now look, I find this mini series um, quite dark spooky uh 
tightening and gripping and engrossing and kind of hands behind, you know, face behind my hands, pulled the pillow in front of my face, scary at the time. I found it quite underwhelming, actually. Oh, okay. Well. Mm. For a horror movie. I'm not into horror movies and I do like a bit of horror. I don't think it was real mystery. I think it's supposed to be horror, but... Yeah, that's that is a true story. So Nora and Dean Brannock, who were played by Naomi Watts of, of obviously Australian mm-hmm. and Bobby Cannavale, are slowly descend into paranoia and they question everything and everyone around mm-hmm. them. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of very spooky. And I think the fact the fact that this is this is a real story. That yeah, this is it, true. It's a true story brings the, or, the, the the story to a whole yeah. new level. I think of creepy. Yeah, based on true events. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So there was an article that was written um, in t- 2018 in the New York Magazine, mm-hmm. which was called "The Haunting of a Dream House," which tells the story of Maria and Derek Brodus. Um, mm. They're obviously called the Brannocks. In yeah, the original owners. Yeah, yeah. who move into um, 657 uh, Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Now, several details from real events make it into the show. That includes the names for the um, the house, the address, mm-hmm. the city that it's in, which is Westfield in New Jersey. Yes. But it does make quite a few changes as well, fictionalising mm-hmm. the true crime. Um, so, uh, they move into their house. They begin receiving anonymous letters from somebody called The Watcher. It's addressed to the new owners of uh, 657 mm-hmm. Boulevard, yep. letting them know that generations of the writer's family have watched over the home since the 1920s, and they've been put in charge of waiting for its second coming. They also start to receive letters from the watchers scolding them from starting at renovations and threatening to kidnap their three children. Mm. So they alert the police to the letter. Um, The police don't seem to take it very seriously, but then they find out that previous owners have also received anonymous letters before they've moved out. And again, those letters said that they've been keeping a close eye on the house. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, it's There's also some crimes that were related to that house as well wasn't there it's um, true well they they get more and more letters and they get more and more creepy uh, addressing them now by name mm-hmm. um and uh they, they include several mentions of what's in the walls of the house the the watcher also questions why they've had yet to move in um, and was anxious for them to do so and unsure why they were trying to do uh, refurbishing so mm. Uh, a bit scary. It was a bit scary, but you know what? I thought it dragged out a little bit. It, they could have done so much more with this. You know, they had a great cast. I mean, even Mia Farrow was in it, for goodness sake. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, as you said, uh, he's a really, really up-and-coming actor. I mean, I know he's been around for a while, but he's really getting some good breaks. He's just filmed Nine Perfect Strangers with our very own Nicole Kidman. Wonderful. And Jennifer Coolidge, who I adore. <laughs> makes, a, makes an appearance too. Yeah, from uh, The White Lotus. If you haven't seen that one, go backing are we gonna have to do the white lotus i think we've already done that one i think you did it oh so yeah and and none other than our own naomi watts as well who's who's just very very good in this so um yeah what are you going to give it well well, just to say it's fascinating because it is it reminds me a bit of the staircase which was the true story as well Mm. i think when there's a true story you can't go oh this is just fiction so it really did creep me out yeah and actually can you imagine that happening to you in real life so the the real family the bradises they actually never moved into the house they started the renovations and after getting all of those letters they didn't move in yeah it got picked up as i said by the by a magazine so they put the house back up on the market and they couldn't sell it do you know it took five years to sell they originally bought it for 1.35 million and then they only ended up selling it i think for about 956 million oh sorry 950 that well, would be a good big profit, profit. 
956,000. So they lost, and that's US dollars. So that's a lot of money, you know, about 600, 700,000 Australian dollars they lost on the house. And that was after five years, which it should have obviously escalated in price and they should have capitalised, but yeah. they didn't. Do you know that over the years there have been several suspects for actually who the watcher was? Really? Yeah, the police thought it might have been somebody in the neighbourhood from mm-hmm. the beginning. Yeah. Initially looking, of course, into the next door neighbours. Yeah, that's right. That was me at Farrow, yeah. Transpire yeah. Um, into the film. Uh-huh. Uh, another suspect was a man who played violent video games under the username The Watcher. Wow. Uh, and they later discovered that the DNA on the envelope was a female, Kim. A really? Female. Yes. Wow, okay. So in real life, the, the boulevard, um, it's still there. Still Gee. stands up. That house is still yeah. there. Um, they eventually did buy find that buyer, as you said, um, but um, spooky, mm, very spooky. So I'm going to give it a three stars. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give I, it I three. I thought the acting was good. I said I was, I was scared. I was seriously creeped out. Various different parts of it, you know, that kind of edge of your seat, and it made it a bit more creepy because I knew it was true. So yeah, it didn't scare me. Although having said that, if it was my house, I'd be terrified, and I would have oh sold it straight me. away. Well, but if no one would buy it, yeah. You know, so that's that's the right. But drama. I'll give it three as well. So that's over on Netflix. The Watcher. It's a uh, a bit of a thriller, and the twist is that it's a true story. If you're the just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Real estate. Oh yeah, little real estate. We want more. You are listening to the girls on film here over at uh, Radio Carom and a great bunch of movies and shows we've checked out this week. Kimmy, and it's time to bring home the scores. Well, um, in equal third, fourth place, we've actually uh, got The Christmas Train and Uncharted, both films that I reviewed. Oh, the two films came yeah, in at third. They Same came third. at third with a total of five. Um, obviously, you need to match my score of two and a half because you didn't actually see them. Um, and then um, in second position, uh, we had The Watcher, which... Um, the spooky, spooky movie there. Yeah, and, of course, that was... It was a, uh, it was a series, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Movie. Movie, yeah. Oops. Series. So we both gave that a three. And then, you know, The Crown, uh, hard to beat. Uh, I gave it five. You gave it four for a total of nine and, and a superb watch. So do yourself a favour, as Molly Meldrum would say, and go and sit down on your couch and watch The Crown starting from season one because it really is superb. Well, that is the, it from us for the Girls on Film this week. And we're back next week, Kimmy, with some more shows to check out and watch, including a Christmas movie, I think, again. Yeah, so uh, keep uh, texting. So uh, if you've got a good recent Christmas film that you'd like us to review, text us in and I'll try and watch it during the week. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, as I said, it's what, less than four weeks until Christmas. Can't believe it. What is it today? I, I, I don't even know the date. Uh, I've been so busy. I can tell running you. Running round and round in the circles. 27th. Gee, there you go. So two days short of a month to Christmas. <laughs> That's right. That's mm. right. Well, I'll see you next week, Karenza. I'll see you next week, Kimmy. Same time, same bat channel. Same channel. <laughs> <laughs>